Here's a brief preview of today's special edition of Jesus is Real Radio. God invites Moses to come up on Mount Sinai so that God can give him a unique revelation, uh, what we call Torah, God's law, right? And so, but Moses is up on this mountain for uh, 40 days and nights fasting. And, and after a little while, because God's people are impatient, they start to wonder if something happened to Moses. And so they wanted gods to worship. So even though they had said, we're going to do everything that God says, really within just the course of a little over a month's time, they had gotten impatient with God and they had kind of strayed back to uh, idol worship, the stuff that they had seen in Egypt for their entire lives before that moment. And uh, they come to Aaron and they say, Aaron, we don't know what happened to this guy. Moses, can you uh, make us a god to worship? And, they, and he gave them, they gave him his gold, and, and Aaron fashioned a golden calf. And, and that set off a, a series, really, of events in the life of the children of Israel that ultimately culminated with that entire generation spending 40 years in the wilderness. And that generation who had left Egypt, all of the adults end up perishing in the wilderness except for Joshua and Caleb. This is Josh Brown. Thanks for joining us for this special First Friday edition of Jesus is Real Radio. I'm joined in the studio with Daniel Fusco, pastor of Crossroads Community Church in Vancouver, Washington. He's the author of the newly released book, Honestly, Getting Real About Jesus and Our Messy Lives. And he's also the speaker every day here on Jesus is Real Radio. Daniel, how are things today? Things, Josh, are amazing. Jesus is real, and he's at work in my heart and in, Amen. Uh, right here in uh, Vancouver, Washington, and all across the globe. It's really exciting what God's doing. Amen. You know, again, as we shared last month, this is going to be regular occurrence here on Jesus is Real Radio. The first Friday of every month, Pastor Daniel will be joining me in the studio to talk about what's happening at Crossroads Community Church and upcoming series that we'll be sharing here on Jesus is Real Radio. So make sure and join us Monday through Friday on this station as Pastor Daniel teaches through the current series, but especially the first Friday of each month for these special studio editions of Jesus is Real Radio. First, Pastor Daniel, what's happening? What's going on at Crossroads Community Church right now? Oh, Josh, God's doing so much, not only here in Crossroads, but also through Crossroads. I got to be honest. So mm-hmm. the, the team that we have assembled here, our staff and our, our key volunteers, I just love it. They, they just love simply responding to Jesus. We spent a lot of time over the last bunch of weeks kind of righteously scheming to, uh, to, to reach the mm-hmm. ends of the earth with the message that Jesus is real in every way conceivable. So uh, each and every week, God is doing so much. Crossroads is growing, uh, both in uh, in breath, uh, getting larger as a church, and also getting deeper. And uh, and it's an, it's an awesome mm. experience, Josh. That's awesome. 
you know, I know that God has you in a season of travel right now. You've been sharing uh, with a lot of folks around the country about your new book, Honestly. It's June 2016. Do you have any upcoming events where you'll be speaking that maybe some listeners could come and meet you in person? You know, um, I'm just coming out of a crazy season of travel. So um, right now, the only the only couple things I have coming on the horizon, I'm going to be in uh, Phoenix, Arizona at, at uh, uh, Calvary Community Church. Uh, I believe it's the second okay. weekend in, uh, in, in August. And then also the, the Northwest uh, Pastors Conference up at Calvary Fellowship up in Seattle. Uh, that's uh, late September as well. So we have both of those, but, uh, you know, just keep checking in because, uh, things come up all the time, but because I've been traveling so much, we actually decided we're going to spend some time at home, spend some time with the family and, and, uh, and not try and travel as much as I had been. Mm, That's good. That's good. Yeah. I hope that some of our listeners can, can meet you uh, in person. I want to turn the corner, begin picking your brain about the current series. This Tuesday, we just finished up a fascinating study on Passover, Uh, This amazing feast of the Lord points us to Jesus as our Passover lamb. And listeners, this week, Daniel, have been hearing a brand new series that you taught at Crossroads entitled Tabernacle. You taught this message, uh, this series of messages from Exodus chapters 25 through 40. Now, I know this is going to be a great series. The Tabernacle, it's this mysterious kind of mobile house of worship Can you give listeners a quick summary of what the tabernacle was and its purpose? Well, the tabernacle, Josh, was... Um, it was that mobile worship tent mm-hmm. that as the children of Israel were leaving, had they has left Egypt, as they're going to go into the promised land, that they would worship the Lord. And, and so really the tabernacle was designed to be the singular place where the people met with God and God mm. met with the people. Yeah. Now, obviously the tabernacle ends up giving way to uh, the temple that was designed by David, built by Solomon, mm-hmm. and then the rebuilding of that temple that happened after the uh, the exile. And But ultimately, by the time we reach the New Testament, what we realize is that Jesus mm. is the new and better temple. He's the new and better tabernacle. Jesus himself in his own body is the person and place where God meets with people and people meet with God. Mm. Yeah, that makes me think of worship. And that's one of the things that you hit right out of the gate, the importance of worship in this series. We know that humanity, mankind, we've been created to worship and we will worship something one way or the other. Can you speak a little bit about why worship is so important? Well, it's so important, Josh, because of exactly what you said, that every single person is wired to uh, ascribe worth, to 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 declare the worthiness of something. Mm-hmm. Uh, C.S. Lewis talks mm-hmm. about how... Uh, how uh, scholars will praise other scholarly work, how uh, lovers will will declare the worth of, of the object of their affection. See, the human heart is actually designed to ascribe worth to something. Now, don't miss the fact that in the giving of the Ten Commandments, God's heart for his people is that we would only worship him and that we would also worship mm-hmm. him in the way that he prescribes. And so whatever yeah. we worship we become like it. We end up taking on the qualities of whatever our worship is. So worship is essential for human flourishing, Mm. for the blessing of humanity and uh, all of God's created order. And God cares so much about our worship, not only who we worship, but also how we worship. Right. Uh, I think many times people get the wrong idea about worship. You know, they think that worship happens when we come to the church, the building where we worship and sing some songs, though this can be an unpopular topic 
giving is a big part of worship, isn't it? Giving absolutely is. It's an essential part of worship because even think about worship, you're giving of your praise, you're giving of your heart to something that you're declaring worth for. And so, you know, giving, God is generous at the essence of who he is. Mm -hmm. And God invites each one of us into a life of radical generosity, not just financial. When we talk about generosity, Mm -hmm. people always go to their finances. I'm not saying that we shouldn't be financially generous, but God wants us to be generous with the totality of who we are, generous with our time, generous with, with the treasures that he's and trust right. us to in serving humanity. And one of the ways we mm-hmm. do that is in financial giving as well. I always tell people that giving financially is a huge step of faith because um, the dollars and cents, they add up however they add up. And when we, when we write a, a check of generosity, a tithe check in response to God's grace, we're saying, God, we trust you with something that we can't make up if it's not there. So Lord, we, it's a, it's a hardcore act of faith that God invites right. each one of us into. One of the facts that kind of came to my mind as in listening to these messages, the tabernacle wouldn't have even existed if the people had not given from what God had blessed them with, right? Absolutely. I mean, it says that right there in the book of Exodus that Moses actually had to stop the people from giving. Like right. what, because right. of God's amazing grace in his deliverance of them from the bondage of Egypt, people gave so much that Moses was like, okay, you can stop giving now. And so when God <laughs> moves in someone's heart, generosity is the natural outgrowth. And so there wouldn't have been not only the, the tent, but all of the, the pieces of furniture that we're going to talk about through this series in yeah. the tent. I mean, these things are overlaid with gold, all of the sacrificial animals that were being brought, all of it was an act of the generosity of God's people as they simply respond to what God was doing. Yeah. yeah giving it, it is vital. It is a vital part of, of our worship. Another one of the themes that we'll hear in this series is the idea of consecration. And I feel like that concept is often lost in today's Christianity. Daniel, how do you balance the idea of grace and yet God's heart to have his people be set apart, a royal priesthood, a holy nation? Well, you know, I actually, there's no balancing grace and the idea of uh, consecration or sanctification. Grace Mm. enables us to be set apart. So I believe that God's grace invites us because of Jesus and by the Spirit into taking these next steps. And when you understand who you are in God's eyes because of the grace that he has bestowed upon us, that in itself sets you apart and we begin to see ourselves as God sees us. So I believe that consecration or sanctification, the the idea of being set apart for a specific purpose, that happens naturally in the spirit as a response to God's grace. And I think Mm. for many of us, because we don't really understand God's grace or we haven't spent the time to pray through it and seek God's heart on it, we don't see ourselves as set apart because we can never be if we understand God's grace, we would never not see ourselves as set apart because you'd see the price that God paid to redeem us mm. and we'd see ourselves the way God sees us. It's so true. There's a, a limited definition of grace out there. A lot of us think of it in terms of unmerited favor, but it's also the divine influence upon the heart. It's also that power to be holy, to live a set-apart life. Absolutely. And, you know, Diedrich Bonhoeffer in his great book, The Cost of Discipleship, makes the distinction between cheap grace and biblical grace. And I think oftentimes we have this kind of cheap grace idea where it says, because God is gracious to me, I'll live however I want. Mm. But really, grace 
invites us into the life of God. And when we really understand grace and God's work upon our hearts, as you're talking about, then all of a sudden we start to really see our lives completely differently than we would have left up to our own devices. Amen. Speaking of being set apart and holy, in the Tabernacle series, we see one of the most infamous events in the entire Bible, the Golden Calf Incident. Set the stage for us, Daniel. What happens here? Well, God invites his people to follow him. He delivers them from Egypt. And then God invites Moses to come up on Mount Sinai so that God can give him a unique revelation of what we call Torah, God's law, right? And so, but Moses is up on this mountain for uh, 40 days and nights fasting. and, And after a little while, because God's people are impatient, they start to wonder if something happened to Moses. And so they wanted gods to worship. So even though they had said, we're going to do everything that God says, really within just the course of a little over a month's time, they had gotten impatient with God and they had kind of strayed back to uh, idol worship, the stuff that they had seen in Egypt for their entire lives before that moment. And uh, they come to Aaron and they say, Aaron, we don't know what happened to this guy. Moses, can you uh, make us mm. a God to worship? And they, and he gave them, they gave him his gold and, and Aaron fashioned a golden calf and, and it set off a, a series really of events in the life of the children of Israel that ultimately culminated with that entire generation mm. spending 40 years in the wilderness. And that generation who had left Egypt, all of the adults end up perishing in the wilderness except Mm, for Joshua and Caleb. Okay, so follow-up question. This is an obvious example of idol worship, idolatry, as we understand it. Daniel, there may be people listening right now to this program, and they would say, I don't have any golden idols in my house. I don't bow down to any pagan statues. Can you help listeners unpack what modern idolatry looks like? Oh, Josh, that's a great question. And, you know, oftentimes, if, if you're hearing this program and you're in the United States, we don't see a lot of um, bowing down to statues. But if you've right. ever traveled, uh, I mean, I've, I've been to places all over the world, and you actually see a lot of it still, where, mm-hmm. where there's these, uh, these icons and these statues that people bow down to. But in America, um, because we don't see it as much, we think, well, we don't have heart, heart idols. I'm here to tell you we have a ton of them. Money. Mm-hmm. Um, is a heart idol for so many people. It's, you know that you have an idol in your heart as if whatever the thing that you wake up thinking about and you go to bed thinking about. Our spouses or our children can be an idol. Mm. Status, I mean, you mentioned our houses. Um, mm. Our entertainment can be an idol. It's whatever is the driving force in your life. And there's so many of them. Although we don't bow down to them as statues, we design our entire lives for the, Try to try and find fulfillment out of this one thing. And so things like even being healthy or being fit, ideas mm. of beauty, money, all of these things in our culture have uh, idle qualities to them. And we have to say, Lord, is there anything that is more important to me than you? And whatever that is, that is an idol in our heart that God wants to to go at and he wants to have us tear it down so that he can take his rightful place as Lord and King of our lives. Mm. That really does come full circle to separation, you know, to, to consecration because American Western culture, we get a steady diet. We get a steady diet of more, more, more uh, of covetousness. 
Uh, can you speak to that, to, to covetousness in our culture? Well, I, you know, I heard once that uh, Francis of Assisi, who, you know, uh, in his time and still today was kind of a, a revolutionary kind of figure, he said something to the effect of that I've heard tens of thousands of men's confession, but I've never once heard a man confess the sin of covetousness. Mm. So the idea is because we live in a culture and we're also relentlessly marketed to, I mean, not yes. only on the, on the radio, but on the television, on the mm. internet, at every single turn, it's the consumption mentality. And mm-hmm. really what it does is it creates a, a heart condition where we're just never content with who we are and where we are. And so, you know, covetousness is an enormous problem because, you know, you, you want something and you really research it and then you get it and then all of a sudden the next model comes out and then you're like oh and so it puts us on a hamster wheel of trying to satisfy ourselves right. with things that will never truly satisfy us yeah yeah it, it, it is a major issue um not only with unbelievers but people like us in the body of christ well i want to ask you one more question now this is a hot topic issue daniel and i i think it's important that we we delve into this one of the most prominent themes we see in the tabernacle is division and separation, uh, segregation, if I could even use that term. This was a place designed to keep man from God. And even the inner and outer courts were designated for certain people. There's some heavy doctrinal concepts here. In the old covenant, we didn't have access to God. In the new, we do. Can you bring some clarity to these differences in the covenants and even that talk about separation and division? Well, now that is a deep question and there's a lot there that we could explore. I think there's a couple things. First, I think that we always have to remember that God has invited each one of us to be a unique part of his body. Mm. And so uh, in the tabernacle, different uh, groups had different functions and were allowed to do different things. And I think that what that speaks to is that God hasn't created all of us exactly the same. If we're in Christ, we have unique roles and gifts and talents. We have unique responsibilities. Like for me as a husband, right? I have a unique responsibility to, to love as Christ loved the church, my bride, Lynn. Nobody else gets that job. As mm-hmm. uh, for my kids, Obadiah, mm-hmm. Maranatha, and Annabelle, I'm their dad. No one else gets that responsibility. That is uniquely entrusted to mm. me by God. And, and we live in a culture that kind of doesn't like the idea that there is a separation of powers or that there's different things that different people are supposed to do, because in some ways they see it as an act of diminishing, uh, who we are. But really, when you see this different separations, we realize that God has unique plans for each person. The key for each person, no matter where they are, is to give God glory in whatever place God has placed them. So that's one side of it. And But also what we realize is that because God wanted to be worshiped in a specific way, God cares about how we worship, that also leads to some of these divisions where certain people are allowed to go into certain places. Now, you already brought it up, and I'm so grateful that you did, was that the fact that in the new covenant, because of the death and resurrection of Jesus, that that uh, curtain that was in, that divided the Mm. holy of holies from the holy place, that thing was torn from top to bottom, God down, not us. It wasn't torn from the bottom up. It was torn from the top down. Mm -hmm. God did that. And he's saying, look, no matter who you are or where you are, 
You can come into my presence because of your faith and trust in Jesus. And that is something that is different than what they were experiencing in the time of the tabernacle and the time of the temple. But that is why Jesus is the pinnacle of God's work in the hearts of humanity. Because God invites whoever wants to come, come, drink deep of the wells of the living water of my Savior, Jesus Christ. And no matter who you are right now, no matter where you've been, listening to this right now, if you put your faith and trust in Jesus, then you are welcome into the most intimate places with God. God doesn't say, listen, you, because of your mistakes, because of your history, you can't come here. He's like, no, no, no. In Christ, you belong here at my family table. And that's why Jesus is real. And I'm so absolutely excited to be devoting my life to sharing that message with anyone who would hear it. Amen. Amen. It's it's astounding how much there really is in a careful study of the tabernacle. I'm excited for the rest of this series to air here on Jesus is Real Radio for listeners to see Jesus in all of the pieces and parts. I'm I'm really stoked for listeners to be able to hear this message. I think it's going to be a great journey for people. I think for a lot of people, they've never really studied it before. And so it's the kind of one of the parts of the Bible that you have a tendency to skip over. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of, you get to Mount Sinai, you get to 10 commandments, and then you skip ahead to middle of the book of numbers. Then you skip ahead to Joshua because mm-hmm. it seems like there's no meat there, but oh, I think people are really going to be blessed as we take that verse by verse exposition of those, of that section. Mm. Yes. Amen. Please remember to join us again uh, for these special First Friday editions of Jesus is Real Radio. Now, Daniel, I want to come full circle back to one of the very first questions I asked you today. It was about worship. We're learning in this series that the tabernacle required the support of the people in order to even exist. That has a very present application for our worship, doesn't it? Well, you know, it absolutely does. I mean, the work of God's kingdom Everybody has to be a part of it. You know, mm-hmm. no church exists without the generosity of its members. I mean, Jesus' real radio mm-hmm. as, 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 a, as a missionary endeavor to get this message to the ends of the earth, it exists because people get involved. Yeah. They say, we want to be part of getting this message out to the world. And so worship involves all of the components of the family of God fully engaged, seeking to transform their communities and their worlds. Amen. You know, Jesus is Real Radio is not building a tabernacle or anything like that. But like you just said, we do want to build God's kingdom. Jesus is Real Radio is heard all over the United States. In fact, your ability to hear this program today is because of the worshipful giving of someone just like you. Daniel, would you share with the listeners what happens when they support Jesus is Real Radio? Well, when you support Jesus is Real Radio, you become uh, an integral part of what the work that God is doing through this ministry. Mm -hmm. Um, The ministry has been expanding since we began this radio ministry only about eight or nine months ago. We're being heard all over the United States. We have all sorts of opportunities now to be heard all over the world. And literally every single week we get emails and letters from people who are being impacted Mm -hmm. by God's word on this program. And so literally you get to touch people's lives by being a part of it. And our, literally our goal is till the whole world knows that Jesus is real. So there's uh, some 7 billion people on the earth today. And we want the message that Jesus is real to reach the heart of every single one of those people. Amen. Well, I want to be bold and say to the listener, would you consider an act of worship in the form of giving today? 
Would you pray about supporting Jesus is Real Radio? We want to be very clear. God is able to provide all of our needs, but we want to give you the opportunity to participate, to worship God by giving, by supporting Jesus is Real Radio. Now, hold that thought. I'll be back in a moment to share with you how you can begin supporting Jesus is Real Radio. Pastor Daniel, thank you so much for joining me today, sharing your heart about the current Tabernacle series. Any last words for the listeners? We love you so much. Grateful to be traveling on this journey with you. And don't forget, although life is messy, Jesus is real. Jesus is Well, I hope you enjoyed today's special first Friday edition of Jesus is Real Radio as much as I did. It's always a great time in the studio with Pastor Daniel. Please remember to join us again on Monday as Pastor Daniel continues teaching through this series in Exodus on the Tabernacle. What we heard from Pastor Daniel today about this series is only a small preview of everything we will learn as we consider the Tabernacle. Now, as I mentioned earlier, I want to be sure to share with you how you can worship God by giving, just like the children of Israel did when the tabernacle was being built. It is our prayer that just like Moses, we will be able to have more than enough resources to help spread the message that Jesus is real. You can partner with us here at Jesus Is Real Radio in order to see the amazing truth that Jesus is real spread around the world. Simply log on to JesusIsRealRadio.com and select Partner from the main menu. There, you can help spread God's Word by becoming a monthly supporter or by giving a one-time gift. Again, to partner with us here at Jesus Is Real Radio, log on to JesusIsRealRadio.com and select Partner from the main menu. There you'll find an option to support Jesus is Real Radio with a one-time gift or by becoming a monthly supporter. Thanks again for joining us for this special edition of Jesus is Real Radio.